Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast where we attempt to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. This week's episode is called How to Keep Going. And it's basically about how to stay determined and surrendered at the same time as we walk our path in this life. How to stay empowered and in our strength and also soft and in our vulnerability as we pursue our highest dreams and aspirations in this material earth realm. The Bhagavad Gita says, To work alone you are entitled, never to its fruit. Neither let your motive be the fruit of action, nor let your attachment be to non-action. Basically, what the Gita is saying is, don't expect fruits to manifest from the actions that you do in your day-to-day life. If we are always living life to get a result from something we are doing, then we become greedy. It's like we have expectations and we apply those expectations to everything we're doing. And when those expectations are not met by our physical reality, the tendency is to give up, to throw our hands in the air and be like, you know what, I'm not meant for this, or this is never going to happen for me, so I should just give up. But the Bhagavad Gita is asserting here, do not be attached to the fruit of the action. And at the same time, don't be attached to non-action either. So attachment to non-action is the throwing our hands up in the air and saying, I give up, this isn't for me. That is a pitfall as well. The art of staying determined and surrendered at the same time is to realize that no matter what we choose to do in this life, or what is chosen for us and we are doing because we are compelled to do it, we simply must do it without expectation of reaping some result from it. Now logically we can say, all right, well if I write a book, hopefully I'm going to get it published. And that idea of getting the book published certainly is motivation to act. But if we let that be the only motivation to write the book, then we will be met with great disappointment if we cannot easily publish the book. So the invitation is to write the book no matter what, because it's springing up from inside of you and wanting to manifest in the material realm. And that writing of the book is like your offering of your mana, of your spiritual life force towards the divine essence. It's saying, I'm writing this book because I have no other choice. A book is coming out of me, so therefore I write it. If the book gets published, wonderful. If the book doesn't get published, wonderful. And if you are really determined to get it published, you can self-publish it. Or maybe you accept that that book was written just for you to express that energy, to be clear of it, so you make room for something new. So when we say, do not be attached to the fruits of your actions, we're saying, act in whatever way you feel compelled, but don't do it for the sake of some future result. 
because then you won't even be present in the moment while you are acting upon whatever impulse you are feeling. You'll be caught in this wheel of instant gratification where you're acting because you have an expectation that that action is going to bring a specific result. And this is a major pitfall. We call it attachment. Anytime we act in a way that has an expectation for something to happen in the future, we are attached to that result. And there's no surrender in attachment. In fact, there's the opposite. Attachment is fighting. It's fighting the flow of what life might bring. If we can learn to let go of attachment, suddenly we become free to receive what is being brought to us based on our action or based on some other karma coming from some other time in our life or another lifetime. We can also get attached to non-action and this is something that we would call spiritual laziness or actual physical laziness or even better, procrastination. That is basically what procrastination is. It's attachment to non-action. We've all been there, right? Think about it. Whenever we know we have something big to do and we know we'll feel so much better if we get it done, yet we just can't seem to find the motivation to do it. So instead, we end up vortex on our phone, on Instagram for an hour or having a long conversation with a friend who lives far away for an hour instead of doing the task that we know we want to get done. Procrastination is basically fear of putting ourselves to action. Sometimes I feel like my procrastination comes from fear of failure. For example, in writing the book. Well, I'll eventually get to the book, but today I don't really feel like it. And then the whole time I'm telling myself I don't feel like writing the book, as I'm procrastinating, I'm sitting there, or even doing yoga, thinking about writing the book. Instead of just sitting down and writing the book and letting that energy come out, I've stifled that energy with my attachment to non-action, aka procrastination. And know that that is what procrastination is. Fear of what will happen and attachment to doing nothing, even though we feel compelled to do something. And procrastination stifles our creative energy. And if we do it long enough, suddenly this creative spark that ignited and wanted to be expressed, it will dim or go out. And that energy essentially is lost. So the Bhagavad Gita says, to work alone, you are entitled, never to its fruit. And to apply this to our modern day life, it's basically saying, do what you feel compelled to do. Do what you know you need to do to feel like you are letting life flow through you. And whatever happens as a result of it, learn from it. Receive the teachings. That doesn't mean resignation if something doesn't work out. Going back to the book example again. Okay, so you wrote this book, you got over the procrastination, the book gets written, it's brilliant. You send it to 10 publishers and absolutely no one responds. What do you do with it? Do you go rip the book to shreds or should I say, do you go delete it off your computer? 
No. Do you say, oh, I give up. I'll never publish it. It'll just stay there forever in the digital world of my own computer's memory. Or do you set about publishing your own ebook and starting small and seeing where that leads you? You see, so resignation is also attachment to non-action. It's, it's kind of like a weakness of saying, you know, it didn't work out in the way I thought it should, which is always full of assumptions and expectations, right? So it didn't work out the way I thought it should. So, you know, I'm just going to give up completely. Giving up is attachment to non-action as well. In my opinion, determination requires constant effort in combination with surrender of the actual results of that constant effort. In addition, determination requires re-evaluating our approach when necessary. So going back to the book, okay, so it didn't get published or even responded to by these 10 publishers you sent the book to. So let's reevaluate your course of action. All right, publish your own ebook, right? So sometimes how to keep going and keep calling in what we want is to change routes. It's to take a different approach to what we thought was a cookie cutter laid out step-by-step process. Sometimes we have to realize that things are not step-by-step, but rather they loop around and finally return to center. Sometimes it feels like we're going way off path with something or that it's moving further from us when we don't get immediate results. And this is where the idea of trust comes in. Ideally, we develop the ability to trust that nothing in this life is ever wasted and nothing is ever lost. Even the smallest amount of effort you put forth is leading somewhere. Where it's leading, no one can be exactly sure. And that's part of the great mystery of being a human and being in this embodied experience is that When you're born, you don't get a script for your entire life. You don't get to see how your entire life is going to go. But rather, you get to engage and interact and play with all of the different possibilities. And what comes of it is always perfect for what we need for our highest awakening. You know, it's kind of like gluten-free baking. Sometimes it's brilliant, and other times... Not so much, maybe not even palatable. But is it worth the try? Yes. Even if you totally botch a batch of delicious brownies, it looks so good in the batter, and then you bake it, and it turns into a disaster. Maybe you burn it. That's where the joke comes in. I just burnt 2,000 calories in an hour. Even if you burn your brownies, so to speak there's always something to be learned from it. For example, to watch the damn brownies so they don't burn. (laughs) Right? And I'm speaking in metaphor. It's like, even if we feel like we are met with failure, if we can remain even-minded, we can realize it's not failure at all. Rather, it's redirecting our route. So we can approach, for example, making those brownies in a more skillful, measured way. 
the Bhagavad Gita goes on to say, being established in yoga, perform your actions, casting off attachment and remaining even-minded in both success and failure. This evenness is called yoga. So the main part of this sloka or little sutra of the Bhagavad Gita is the idea of casting off attachment and being able to remain even-minded or neutral, whether we are met with success or failure. I feel like it's easier to work with being neutral when we are met with failure because it's kind of like consolation for, okay, things weren't working out the way you thought. There's a perceived failure at hand. So what do you do with it? Do you freak out and let yourself melt down? Or do you sift through all of the thoughts running through your mind and bring yourself back or forward, should I say, to a neutral, even-minded awareness? This allows you to distance yourself from attachment to the fruits of your action, which you are not met with the expected results you wanted. And it also allows you to take 10 steps back from any painful stories arising about this seeming failure. So instead of feeding those stories about the failure, you actually start to see the teachings from what you think is a failure. You start to realize a failure is actually a refinement. A failure is kind of like getting an adjustment in yoga class. It's not that you are doing the pose wrong. It's just that there's a way to do it slightly more in alignment. And life is always giving us these adjustments, whether we realize it or not. Life is always knocking us lovingly or maybe not so lovingly back to center. So we can continue to move forward in a way that is in alignment with our highest good. What I find harder is to remain even-minded when I am met with success. And I will be the first one to admit, I am incredibly attached to being successful at my endeavors. Whenever I've been met with success for anything, even something small like leading a workshop and having lots of people come, I will get really attached to the fact that lots of people came to my workshop and yay, I get to make money off of this one and yay, people love me and yay, I get to help people and I'm fulfilling my destiny. And I get really amped up about it and I'm aware a lot of that is the ego talking. There's no way around it. It's ego that gets attached to that success. It's ego that gets attached to that attention that sometimes comes in to my field or into anyone's field who does work to help others find themselves fully. It is really easy to think that I'm the one doing the work. And this is where the even-mindedness in success comes in, is to move towards that neutral space and realize that I am the conduit for the universe to move through me. And so as much as I was there and everyone else was there during the workshop, I was simply the circuit breaker for the energy to flow. Everyone's enjoyment of the workshop, everyone's epiphanies in their practice didn't actually come from my knowledge. It came from the universal knowledge. 
And this might sound very self-negating or even might sound like false humility. But for me, it is the way I stay even-minded when I met with success is I remind myself that I am not the doer. I am simply available to this vibrational frequency that is out in the universe, in the ethers. And because my antenna of awareness is tuned to that vibrational frequency, it is able to run through me and then be carried through to others. When I wrap my mind around this idea fully, then I don't get overly attached to my successes. And why should we not be overly attached to our success, you might ask me. Let me say this first. It is fabulous to celebrate success. Going back to the workshop analogy, when I have a great workshop, I'm excited. Me or myself and several of the students will normally go and have a kombucha afterwards and talk story about the things that have been learned or come through or breakthroughs. We'll celebrate people's breakthroughs in their physical practice even. But it's really important to not get overly attached to the outcome being the same again the next time. Because if the outcome is not the same as when you felt like you were extremely successful, then disappointment arises. There will be a tendency to become disheartened because we might think, what am I doing wrong? And what I have learned from myself is even if I lead one person through a workshop, nothing is lost. Even if I show up for a workshop and no one comes, nothing is lost. Because I still went through the efforts of planning the workshop. I learned something from it. I had practice in planning a skillful three-hour session. The Bhagavad Gita says, Being established in yoga, perform your actions, casting off attachment. It's saying do what you have to do. Do what you want to do. Do what you feel to do. But by all means, don't attach a story to it. Two plus two does not always equal four in our actual physical reality or our emotional reality either. Sometimes two plus two equals nine. You know what I mean? It's all metaphor. Saying things do not always logically unfold. But if we keep walking our own highest dharma, our own highest spiritual awakening path, then we begin to understand that it's not so much about what happens based on our actions. It's about experiencing what is happening, no matter what it is. That is actually, in my opinion, our purpose here is to have experiences and to be fully present within those experiences and be along for the ride. Whether you like the ride or not, don't be attached to that. Remain even-minded in both success and failure. This evenness is called yoga. So one of the definitions of yoga, according to the Bhagavad Gita, is to remain even-minded.
in my experience and everything that my yoga practice has led me to and my mindfulness practice and my bodywork practice and just being alive and being in relationships and interacting with life is that if I can remain even-minded, then even when strong emotions arise, I can feel them, but they don't throw me overboard. They don't completely sabotage my day or my year if something bad happens. And if something good happens, I can celebrate, I can be in love, I can be in that space of feeling like everything is falling together. But I can also not fool myself into thinking that it is permanent. Anything that can change is impermanent. To believe otherwise is simply telling ourselves a lie. And just like when someone else lies to us, whenever the truth is revealed, the tendency is to feel dismay. The tendency is to want to think, now what? So if we just set a baseline of understanding that anything that can change can and will change, then we become capable of remaining even-minded no matter the circumstance. And I want to be so clear, even-mindedness does not mean detachment. Even-mindedness does not mean apathy. It doesn't mean giving up. It simply means being in a witnessing space. So there's always a part of your awareness that is unaffected and unafflicted by the external circumstances of your life or your emotional body. The Bhagavad Gita goes on to say, One ought not to give up the work to which one is born, even though it has imperfections. For all undertakings are beset with imperfections, as fire is beset with smoke. So the Gita is saying, don't expect things to fit your cookie-cutter mold of what you think perfect is. Whatever is unfolding is perfect. And this can be a really hard idea to stomach, especially if you've experienced some profound loss or deep heartbreak, or if you're suffering or someone you love is suffering from a horrible, ravaging disease. But what I have noticed is if I can wrap my heart and my mind around this idea that no matter what is unfolding, it is in total perfection with all of life, and that it is perfect timing, then I am able to let go of needing to control how I thought things were supposed to go down. Letting go of control I know from myself, is some of the deepest personal work that I have yet to do. I feel that control is something that many of us cling to because it makes us feel like we have some ground to stand on. In reality, the ground is always falling out beneath us. We are always free-falling through this life. We're always gliding, just like a hawk on the wind. There's no chance of falling, essentially, because you're already falling. And look, you're fine. We're all here. As long as we are meant to walk this earth, we will be here. 
if we allow this idea that whatever is manifesting, no matter how imperfect it seems, it is perfect for us, for the people around us, for those who we share collective karma with, then we can come from a place of acceptance. Acceptance, again, does not mean resignation. It doesn't mean don't fight for what you believe in. It doesn't mean don't stand up for yourself or others when you see injustice. It means start with accepting the way things are. Acceptance leads to even-mindedness. And then from that even-minded state of being or state of awareness... Decide what actions to take based on what is coming through in the moment. Because the moment we become even-minded, we move into the witnessing faculty of our awareness. And then we are able to sift through what is story, what is of the past, remnants of past happenings that we might still be replaying in our head. We can sift through those stories and actually feel what is fresh for us right now in this moment. When we are even-minded, we gain the clarity to truly feel what is alive and well for us and what course of action we should take based upon that. If we are waiting to do something we've always wanted to do because we don't feel ready, because we fear that it won't be perfect, because we fear what others will think about us, then we will wait our entire lives. And procrastination eventually puts out that creative spark. So whether we feel ready or not, the best thing we can do when we feel called to do something is to relinquish attachment to a certain result based upon our actions and simply do it because it has to be done. Do your work or live your life in a way that is an offering to all living beings. Live it and offer it in a way that it is like a prayer to the universe or a gratitude prayer saying thank you so much for this life force this is what is coming through me who am i not to do this right now who am i not to offer my gifts to the world so many times we think i'm not good enough someone else knows more than me someone else out there is better at this than me I'm scared to do it because what if I look like I don't know what I'm talking about? But the reality is, who are you not to do it? Why would we hold back when we feel something coming through so strongly? And even if you do your work and it does seem like a failure, realize again and again there is no such thing as failure there are only teachings and whatever teachings you or i or someone you love are receiving at this time in their life or our lives 
receive them. Because teachings have a way of circling around you until you understand them. And this might play out as reliving a painful experience over and over again. This happens a lot in relationships. People won't learn from a relationship they've been in. They exit the relationship. They get into a new relationship and boom, there the same issues are coming at them again. And this is where, you know, blame comes in. Oftentimes we want to blame the circumstances of our lives on why we're not successful. We want to find all the reasons why we're not successful and then resign it and say, you know, oh, well, I tried. And I'm here to say that is an illusion. The minute we stop blaming and stop reaching for reasons why we can't do something is the minute we become empowered to see that we are our only blockage. We are our only obstacle. And the best thing we can do for ourselves is get out of our own way and let the divine universal current flow through us at whatever frequency it is coming through you at. Because the world needs that. Whatever it is that you feel like calling in and bringing into this life, I can guarantee you someone out there on this earth needs that medicine. Whatever it is. If we are met with resistance from the outside world, see that you are breaking ground on something that perhaps no ground has ever been broken on before. It's like when someone's cutting a trail through the jungle. The branches will resist them pushing through that new trail. But does that mean you give up on cutting the trail? What if there's an amazing beach at the end of that trail that you're cutting? Isn't it worth making the trek? Isn't it worth pushing through the resistance? Now, that's the interesting part. It's like, but wait, you're cutting the trail to get to the beach. Isn't there an attachment to the result? So here's what I think about this. What if you cut that trail, make the whole trek to the beach, and then it starts raining? Or the waves are too big to get in the ocean? Do you feel like you've missed out or lost or failed because the sun isn't shining anymore? Do you feel like a failure because things have transpired in a way that is beyond your control? No, of course not. There's a certain amount of surrender we have to apply to even get out of bed in the morning. We have to essentially surrender to the fact that we are alive to stay motivated and keep going. Even brushing your teeth, you have to surrender to the daily multiple times a day chore that that is but isn't it worth it would you give up on brushing your teeth if you got a cavity of course not you wouldn't say well you know this teeth brushing it's not working out for me i still got a cavity so i'm going to stop brushing my teeth of course not that's nonsense we say oh, i'm going to brush my teeth more and this is how achieving something in life is. You don't give up when you don't get your way. 
You don't give up when the world doesn't meet you with a round of applause or when the world doesn't acknowledge all the hard work you've done. If you want something really badly, you keep going. You find new routes or you buckle down. You get through it just like getting through the jungle with a machete cutting a new trail to an epic beach. Whether the beach is actually epic or not is not the point. Think about all of the things that you've learned, all of the sweat you've burned, all of the purification of your mind that has occurred by cutting that trail. And this is all a metaphor. Whatever it is you're working towards in this life, even if you feel like you are getting nowhere, realize that getting nowhere is an illusion. Reality is constantly moving. Movement is actually our only option. And so if we get unattached to the results of our actions, then we become open to offering our strengths, our beauty, our talents, our gifts to the world in a way that is free. Because we're not bound by others' opinions. We're not bound by our own fears of what will happen. We are no longer bound by our own expectations and assumptions of how reality is supposed to go. And when we let go of all of that, we become unchained. We become an unchained spirit, which means we feel free. And in that freedom, we can blossom. It's like the wildflowers in my yard. I have done nothing to care for them, yet they blossom profusely. They have free reign to flower and share their beauty until their time is done. And this is how we all are. We are all wildflowers. And if we are allowed to simply blossom in the way that our karma and this life has intended for us, then the result is always bound to be beautiful. Whether you're a dandelion or a rose, they are both equally beautiful. It is only the mind and the ego and imprinted stories that tell us that the rose is better than the dandelion. But if you actually look at it, the dandelion has more medicinal properties. The dandelion can save your liver if it's failing, whereas the rose cannot. So looks can be deceiving. Just because something doesn't look the way you think it is supposed to, keep looking deeper. Keep digging in where you feel called to dig in. And of course, if something is not working out, Reevaluate. Decide from a conscious, present moment based awareness what the next course of action is. And most importantly, keep going. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma Podcast. Aloha.
step of self-realization and the pranayama will bring you mental power. You'll be able to control your emotions and gradually you become self-controlled. So yoga is really wonderful because in a very short time, one year, two years, three years, you may reach your enlightenment.